Thank you for downloading this sermon from Trinity Presbyterian Church in Spartanburg, South Carolina. For more information about Trinity, visit our website at www.trinityspartanburg.com. Open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 4. This is the word of the Lord. It is eternally true. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would help us, that you would give us focus on your word and attention to your truth this evening. Father, we pray that you would fill us with your spirit, that we would not merely be those who hear your word and forget it, but that we would be those who hear your word and put it into practice and do it. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. A very uh, simple verse, not much to explain here, but hopefully I can... uh, coax along yours and and my flesh to put this into practice. Verse this evening tells us to be devoted to prayer. In the book of Acts, one of the uh, things that stands out to me is the early church's devotion to prayer. Uh, After they watched Jesus ascend to heaven where he is seated to the right hand of the apostles, or to the, of the Father, the apostles along with many others returned to Jerusalem Go to the upper room where they uh, were staying and devote themselves to, uh, to a tweet storm. Now, they devote themselves not to talking about what they've seen, but to prayer. They go behind closed doors and speak to God and not to others. These all, with one mind, were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. That's Acts 1.14. So while they waited for the Holy Spirit to arrive, whom Jesus had promised to send, they pray. They're praying to God. They come together with one mind and they pray. Then in chapter 2, after 3,000 souls come to faith in Jesus, we read about their commitments, how they spent their time. It says they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Then in chapter 6 of Acts, we read about the choosing of the first uh, group of deacons to serve the church. The twelve, were, the, the 12 apostles were having to serve tables and were beginning to neglect certain tasks that God had set out for them. So they chose deacons to serve tables, to minister to widows, and the apostles commit themselves to two things, to the ministry of the word and to prayer. Now, I bring these examples up because it's quite clear that something the early church was committed to was prayer. was prayer. And if the early church was devoted to it, maybe we should uh, find in that a pattern for ourselves. We should be devoted to it, too. I'm not sure that today's church is committed to prayer, as we ought to be. Certainly, individually... um, I'm not sure anyone is satisfied with the amount of time spent in and the the fervency of their own prayers. 
In Acts 10, we get an example of the Apostle Peter's practice of prayer. It says that Peter went on the housetop about the sixth hour, noon, to pray. So though there were fervent times of prayer for the church gathered, there are also examples of these private times of prayer in the book of Acts. Peter removed himself from the day's activities, went somewhere where he wouldn't be distracted up on the roof for the purpose of prayer. Do you do that? Do you remove yourself from distractions for the purpose of prayer? Now, for some of us with little kids, that means between 7 a.m. or 6.30 a.m. and 9 p.m., there is uh, very little time when you're not distracted. And so it has to be some time outside of that time when we devote ourselves to prayer. Do you remove yourself from the demands that keep you from prayer so that you can pray? Um, Or better yet, do you understand prayer to be one of the most intense demands that God places on you? God has commanded you to pray, and he has placed that upon you, and God gives you that each day. Instead of seeing it as a coming away from something, perhaps we should think of it as a high demand, a holy obligation, something that must be done first rather than fit in during the extra times or the empty times during the day. Think about something else that you may be devoted to. Um, Playoff baseball, reading, Netflix, Bible reading, even good things. You know, we may be devoted to those things. Um, just, just hanging out with the family, doing, doing those sorts of things. Any observer looking at us would know what we were devoted to by, um, by seeing us give ourselves over to those things. Is anyone here known for their devotion to prayer? Are you known for your devotion to prayer? Here's a historical example of devotion to prayer. In his, in his book, um, the, the Worship of the American Puritans, Horton Davies, he describes the practice of prayer during the early American worship services by the Puritans. He says this, Some ministers pray for as long as they preached. Thatcher, a pastor, wrote once that he stood about three hours praying and preaching. And on a later occasion, God was pleased graciously to assist me much beyond my expectation. Blessed be his name for it. I was near an hour and a half in my first prayer, and my heart much drawn out in it, and an hour in the sermon. So he prayed his pastoral prayer for an hour and a half, and then he preached for less than that for an hour. Um, In Charles Hambrick Stowe's opinion, and he is the authority on New England piety, the norm on a common Sabbath seems to have been a major prayer for 60 to 90 minutes. 60 to 90 minutes of prayer. Now, what are we to make of that? Today, pastors get attacked for even suggesting we extend the end of the, the, the time of the service. I remember back a few years ago, I changed on our website the ending time of the service. And you wouldn't believe the flack that I got for that. It wasn't even reality. It was just something that was marked on the website. I changed it from 12 to 12.15. And, um, uh, wow, you know, that 11 to 12 o'clock, I moved from 11 to 12.15, an hour and 15 for the whole service. It's inconceivable that we be devoted to prayer and preaching and worship as our forefathers in the faith were. It's inconceivable today. Um, You see, our allegiances are split all over the place. We are committed to so many things that demand our attention, our food, 
our teams, our families, our naps, our work, our, our, our lawns, our cars, our games, our phones, our fill-in-the-blank. We're so devoted to those that we cannot be devoted to prayer, right? We're, we're the pastor to pray for an hour and a half, and I, I know I'm not capable of that. I'm not, I don't have that many thoughts in my head. And that's a shame because the Word of God has, I mean, we can meditate on the Word of God um, deeply. But if I were to, to um, pray for an hour and a half, all these other things that call for your devotion would be screaming in your ears, right? Your stomach would be calling you to food. Your, you know, you in your ears you'd be hearing that this is this is quite useless, quite boring. This is quite a burden that the pastor is placing on us that we would have to pray along with him for an hour and a half. And so, um, you know, all these things would be calling to us: "Come to me, and I will give you rest and peace and satisfaction." But why is prayer not our rest? Is it, why is it not our peace? Why is it not the thing that satisfies us? I mean, it's, that's what the Holy Spirit tells us it should be, right? The Holy Spirit says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Right? And everybody is stressed out. Right? Ever, no one has any peace, and Scripture tells us how to get that prayer. Right? Do we crave peace? Do we need peace? Do we believe peace comes by prayer? We don't act like we believe it. If we really thought prayer would give us peace from God, which surpasses all understanding, would we neglect it as we do? No, prayer would be our drug, and we'd all be junkies on that drug. We gasp when we read Paul's words to the Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. Can, can your thoughts get fixated on things where it seems like you're thinking about them without ceasing? Can you give yourselves over to things in a compulsive and obsessive manner? Um, I tell you what, my kids prove to me that they can have a single-minded devotion at times. But it's usually not to prayer. It's usually more to things like vacations coming up and we're going to be going somewhere and, and they get all excited about it. And then every question from there out for weeks is only about that one thing, right? We, we all have the ability to focus our minds on particular things, but it doesn't seem that prayer is one of those things, right? Perhaps it is because we honestly doubt the power of prayer, right? Is that why... You are restless in your prayers. Is that why you don't give yourselves over to prayer? If the answers are not instantaneous, right? And we've all had instantaneous answers to prayers, but they're few and far between, right? But, but if the answers are not instantaneous, we believe that God is slumbering, that he's sleeping through our requests, that he doesn't hear. Perhaps it's because... Uh, perhaps our prayerlessness is because our hearts are cold toward God. We simply don't desire to speak to our Father in heaven. We have cold hearts. He's waiting to hear us. He's listening. He, he sits enthroned on the praises of his people. 
He never sleeps or slumbers. He delights in his children, and we don't talk to him. Right? We don't. We don't. Uh, you know. We don't. We don't even um, incline our minds to him, let alone pour out our desires and our difficulties upon him. The sort of undivided devotion is nothing less than what Jesus Christ exhorts to. Love me more than all these other things, people's powers. Right? Prayer is proof. Prayer is proof of that love and devotion. Being devoted to prayer is being devoted to God. Right? And knowing who God is, should that be difficult? Should that be difficult? I mean, all of us. All of us have have gone to prayer meetings and we say, you know or or we've been with the brothers and and we've said yeah I read my bible but you know my prayer life it just you know it's just not what it should be All of us say that all of us are in that same boat and um if prayer is proof of our love and devotion to God then then our hearts are very cold being devoted to prayer is being devoted to God. And knowing who God is, that shouldn't be difficult, right? I mean, should we have to coax up that sort of devotion? He's the gracious Father, and our prayer is setting our desires before Him. It is opening our hearts to Him. It is delighting in His attention, which He promises us, and we neglect it. So, brothers and sisters, we... We should be devoted to prayer. Jesus was. Jesus was devoted to prayer after long days of ministry, right? After those long days of ministry when we would all be crying out to just be able to relax um, and, and watch the next episode in the series we're watching. After long days of ministry, he would finish with long nights of prayer. Right? It, was at about, it was at this time that he went off to the mountains to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. He found rest there right, in those things. We find rest away from God. Jesus found rest in God's presence. Now, the next part of this verse mentions us keeping alert in prayer with thanksgiving. Now, how does prayer keep us alert um, it's an interesting way to put it. We often think of prayer in a mystical sense, getting lost in our thoughts or lost in meditation or um, removing ourselves out of this world. But here we are told to keep alert in prayer. Other translations say being watchful in it or being vigilant in it, all meaning that prayer produces in us an alertness to spiritual realities. In other words, when we are devoted to prayer, we have a deep awareness of what needs there are of people around us, what battles are being waged, what powerful forces the world, the flesh, and the devil seek to undo us, what blessings have come to us. We have a, 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 a very specific awareness of those things. In fact, when we are devoted to prayer, we have a deep awareness, simply put, of God's will. Right? We're to be praying according to God's will, and when, we do, when we're devoted to prayer, we have a deep awareness of God's will. This is why it is disheartening and shocking when we have nothing to share when, it, when we come to a prayer meeting or some other gathering of believers. Right? When we have nothing that we, we are desperate to pray about, um, we show our listlessness, our coldness, our spiritual... Um, 
our lack of being alert, right? We're not aware. We're just sleepy through life, and we we can't even think of prayer. But if we were active in prayer, we would be. We would know. We would know exactly how we uh, need to be awakened. We would show that we are alert to spiritual realities, to the real source of strength, to the power of God when we don't pray. Um, to one of the churches in the book of Revelation, the church in Sardis, Jesus tells them to wake up. He says, To the angel of the church in Sardis write, He who has seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen the things that remain which were about to die, for I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. So remember what you have received and heard and keep it and repent. Therefore, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. And so always a good reminder for us to wake up. We will show ourselves that we are awake spiritually if, and I think particularly our, our age um, our age that is filled with distractions. I think we'll be, we will show ourselves particularly alert when we are devoted to prayer. Right? It is, it's so clear that we are listless and cold, so unbelieving and blind to what is going on around us because we don't pray. Your vigilance for your children will be proven in your prayers more than in your, di- your discipline even. Your vigilance for the salvation of unbelieving family members is going to be proven in your prayer even more than in your words. Your vigilance in resisting temptations and the lust of the flesh will be proven in your prayer, not just in the accountability that you have. Right? Your vigilance in giving yourself only to that which pleases the Lord will be proven in your prayer. Right? Your vigilance in loving your brothers and sisters in Christ is going to be proven not just in the actions you do to them, but even more so in your prayers. Right? In your prayers for one another. If you do not pray privately as a family or as a body, you are asleep at the wheel right? and headed for uh, a dangerous intersection. Finally, prayer as it often is, is to be filled with thanksgiving. And here's why. Calvin says this, Because God must be solicited for present necessity in such a way that in the meantime, we do not forget favors already received. Right? Farther, we ought not to be so importunate as to murmur and feel offended if God does not immediately gratify our wishes, but must receive contentedly whatever he gives. So why should our our prayers be filled with thanksgiving? Because if the rest of our lives were to be like Job's, right, loss and suffering, um, he has already given us a universe of blessings and the knowledge of his son, right? Even if the rest of our lives was loss, what he has given us in his son is enough to fill us with thanksgiving for ages. You don't need anything else. Uh, because nothing, not famine, not sword, not disease, not poverty, not nakedness, will separate you from the love of God. Thanksgiving shows a heart of understanding, a heart that understands the great riches of salvation in Jesus Christ. Bitterness shows a heart of blindness, a heart that is fixated on being satisfied 
only with the broken things of this world. And so are your prayers filled with heartfelt thanksgiving? Right? Are you happy having Jesus, though everything else might be uh, taken away? If your heart is fully devoted to God, you will be devoted to prayer. You will be alert in prayer. You will be thankful in prayer. We pray together on Wednesday evenings. We pray on Sunday mornings. Um, hopefully you pray uh, individually at times during the days. Hopefully it's not just those, those prayers you shoot up here and there, but there's a time that you've given yourself to prayer in the mornings or in the evenings or three times a day or however many times Daniel did it. You know, at the open doors, so that um, all all the of Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom could see him. But make make prayer this regular part of your lives. Um, let's say our, our 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 amens loudly together in unison. Um, Luther Luther he's known for many things, but I, th- I think we don't think of him as a man of prayer. Uh, we think of other things before we think of prayer, but he was a man of prayer. He, um, he was the one who said, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer during the day, right? Um, he, would, he would get up very early and, uh, and pray. And he also says this, um, <clears throat> He says this about prayer. He says, So a good and attentive barber, right, somebody who cuts your hair, keeps his thoughts, attention, and eyes on the razor and hair and does not forget how far he has gotten with his shaving or cutting. If he wants to engage in too much conversation or let his mind wander or look somewhere else, he's likely to cut his customer's mouth, nose, or even his throat. Thus, if anything is to be done well, it requires the full attention of all of one's senses and members. As the proverb says, he who thinks of many things thinks of nothing and does nothing right. right. How much more does prayer call for a concentration and singleness of heart if it is to be a good prayer? Right. So even if you do devote yourselves to prayer, you may not even be praying. Right. You may just be working out your day as you interrupt your prayers to God with your own thoughts. And he says, look, it requires concentration. Like the barber doing his task, it requires focus or it it has terrible consequences. Uh, Luther also says, finally mark this, that you must always speak the amen firmly. Never doubt that God in his mercy will surely hear you and say yes to your prayers. Never think that you are kneeling or standing alone. Rather, think of the whole of Christendom. All devout Christians are standing there beside you, and you are standing among them in a common united petition which God cannot disdain. Do not let your prayers, or do not leave your prayers without having said or thought, Very well, God has heard my prayer. This I know as a certainty and a truth. That is what amen means. Right? So when you pray, pray, enter into his throne confidently. And say the amen, so be it, with faith, right? Don't just, um, it's, it's not the time to be 
uh, falsely humble when you say the amen. Say it with confidence, trusting that God has both commanded the prayer and uh, all the means of answering that prayer.